Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Maximum Michael Moon. And I am Damien DeShanto. Welcome to episode 84, Raw. Woo! Raw is war. First Raw. Raw 1. Raw 1. Wow. Very first episode of Raw, produced by the WWF. It would take place on January 11th, 1993, at the Grand Ballroom at the Manhattan Center in New York City. Yeah. New York City! Get a rope. Mm-hmm. How long do they shoot here? Quite some time. while. Okay, because I know that from catching like old clips of, of shows here, and then this is the same building that they did One Night Stand in, right? A lot. Most of their nice. New York... Yeah. Small, medium shows, yeah. little guy shows. I mean, it's a cool looking building. It's kind of a weird building for wrestling because it yeah. almost looks too nice. But uh, that's why it's, it is unique in that it's like it, it looks cool. It's a cool looking spot. But it was definitely cool to uh, to see again because I haven't actually seen the the old setup, heard the old music and everything, and probably since one of the. Been a while since you saw those Ica Pro or, or something like that. What's that? It's been a while since you saw those Ica Pro flags. Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> it is a pretty solid logo, honestly. <laughs> Straight to the point. <clears throat> but with us being in New York City, and it being the first draw, Shane brought us something a little different. A little different. All right, so yeah. The World Food Tour with Shane here at WHX continues on with the first Monday Night Raw in New York. Typically, I would uh, do something that represents the city that the uh, or the state that the show takes place from. But boiled I decided hot dog. the theme <laughs> can't find a good boiled hot dog anyway. Boiled hot dog in Oklahoma, <laughs> apparently. No, I decided to go with a uh, a theme this time. It's it's raw, and so what better to go with raw than eating something that's raw? Thought about sushi. Thought about you know just bringing some vegetables, but. I decided that we'd bring a, a hybrid. We have a, a tuna tartare brought to us by my friends at Republic Gastropub here in Oklahoma City, another member of the Good Egg Dining family. It is uh, delicious. Uh, chunks of tuna, fried jalapeno and onion, some avocado relish, a little si- sriracha uh, vinaigrette, and then comes with some tortilla chips. So it's like a amped up, jacked up, fancy guac in a way good heat good smooth good crunch all those things definitely yeah i'm all about uh you know uncooked fish so maybe we should just keep watching episodes of raw and see how this one turns out <laughs> if it's as delicious as this bite that i just had i'm uh i'm happy to rewatch again and again absolutely but while they're still kind of chewing down on their food something that happened around the same time Miss Aubrey Hepburn would actually pass away a week later in her sleep from abdominal cancer. Ooh, I've never even heard of anybody have abdominal cancer. 
But the reason kind of brought her up. The first lady of cinema. I don't know if that's anybody ever called her that, but, you know, <laughs> I just did. Is that she's actually one of 16 people to win the EGOT. Ooh. Or a EGOT winner, I guess. I, I don't know really how you would. Yeah. She's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. For, Tony's the for musicals or something. For musicals, yes. oh, okay. Musical she or live would, theater. She would win her Oscar in 1953 for Roman Holiday as Best Actress. Nice. Her Tony in the next year for Best Actress in a play called Ondine, which she did. But then her Emmy and her Grammy actually wouldn't come until she had already passed away. Oh wow! She won her Emmy. In 1993, so literally a few months later, she had a, basically a docu-series that was Um, on PBS covering Gardens of the World, hmm. and she would win an Emmy for that. Say Gardens? Gardens. All right. Sounds like a pleasant watch. (laughs) And then she had a spoken word album that uh, basically telling kids... Uh, stories. It was called huh. Aubrey Hepburn's Enchanted Tales that That's she would cute. win a Grammy for in 1994. Wicked. I mean, yeah. I guess I didn't realize. Uh, do you think that she actually wanted that. to do that? Or they were just like, record this kid's album. There's no way you won't win. <laughs> it's a spoken word album. But like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, this year it's I, I going to her. I like, don't know. It's like her and Raffi. For like, they were like, EGOTs. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, I mean, I mean. I think Whoopi had already won hers by then. I might be wrong. Possibly. Whoopi Can't has an Oscar? When she got, Whoopi's got a ghost. An, an, an oh, got, really? Yeah. I always just thought Ghost was a fucking joke, so I never even bothered watching it. No, it was it was one of the movies it's, of its time. Because it's parodied so often that I thought that it was just one of those she things. She won it for Color Purple. No, she she was nominated for Best Actress for Color Purple, okay. but she won the So they gave it to her for, for Ghost because... They were because like, well, we, we didn't give it to you then, so we'll give it to you now because the Oscars are dumb like that. No, you got to watch Ghost. She's very... She's very good. I'm as, a big fan of Patrick As my friend Donald Faison, since I have to name drop people on other podcasts, as he would say, she is very des- deservant. Yeah. I'm more of a Sister Act 2 guy. Oh, yeah. That's a great one Don't get well. me wrong. Sister Act 2 is better than Sister Act, right? Oh, hell yeah. You I feel like I've seen it more. It was on TV. You throw oh. Lauren Hill in there and... Yeah, that's I always mean, a plus. It's a fucking win. Automatic. But yeah, Audrey Hepburn. I haven't watched much Aubrey... Audrey Hepburn. I said the name wrong. I worked at Blockbuster for all those years. I remember when the movie Sabrina came out with Greg Kinnear and Harrison Ford and the lady whose name I can't think of right now. But they showed clips of the original one with Audrey Hepburn. Um, So I saw several clips of the original. But yeah, I've not watched much Audrey Hepburn in my time. I've only seen Charade, and it's a a real good time. It's a fun, uh, fun little mystery movie. I've seen clips of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think everybody has. Yeah. But one day I'll watch it. Maybe maybe tonight. Maybe my nightcap. I, I agree. It's one of those like like little pieces that I'm missing from my movie watching that I, I realize that it's there. Yeah. Because I, I think all, the only one of her movies that I've seen all the way through is My Fair Lady, which is a great one. I know Shane had said that he'd seen the... Yeah, I've seen the musical. The musical, but obviously it, in high school, but... it wasn't her, but... But that's that's an odd, yeah. That's a great one. You got to keep the some of the classics away. You can't just like pile through everything. You got to keep some in the back pocket. Like there's plenty of classic movies where I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. And you know, it's not like it's not gonna it's gonna be less good now than it like if it's 
all the classics that hold up, they hold up. Like, exactly. you know, I watched, uh, I finally got around to Chinatown the other day. Nice. It was fucking great. <laughs> it, it was, it held up uh, just as well as you'd expect it to. Yeah. So, Absolutely. maybe it's uh, Audrey's turn. Well, let's go ahead and talk some wrestling. wrestling. Talk raw. Yep. Number one. Chili Streets. Yeah, we come live from outside the Manhattan Center. Sean Mooney welcomes us. Bobby Heenan then walks by him to try and enter the building. But Mooney stops him, telling him that he got replaced. Oh, come on. Impossible. By Rob Bartlett. Oh, of course. Oh, we'll get to that later. And then Mooney tells him that it's sold out so the brain can't get into the building. Before Bullshit. we cut to the intro video. Yeah, it's a pretty fun, like, great cold open into a, you know, cool clip to get you pumped up. How are you going to deny the brain? Come on now. Because the brain's going to the brain's gonna make that nothing but entertaining. <laughs> Vince McMahon then welcomes us from ringside with Macho Man Randy Savage and Rob Bartlett as the announcers for the evening. And if you were wondering who Rob Bartlett was, he was a writer and performer on Imus in the Morning, doing impressions and... Stand-up comedian. Yeah, like uh, Don Imus is. I believe his name's Don. Uh, yeah. But uh, Don Imus is like the proto Howard Stern. He was like the like edgy shock jock. Yeah. Uh, before you know Howard Stern took that mantle on, and there was, I think, in the early '90s, a handful of those guys. But he was like extremely popular at the time. So it would only make sense we're in New York. Why not get Rob Bartlett? I, mean, I, I believe this decision was made to have him come in to, as we'll find out as we watch the show, Bartlett has no clue what's happening no. in a wrestling ring. No, no, no. He just takes every chance he can to say something shocking only to get like it downplayed by the other two guys. It's like, do you guys know who you hired? Like He's just making you know, as offensive jokes as he could for what the... For, what the show is for like this wrestling show that's still that's still like not attitude era like he's like about five years too early (laughs) honestly and uh, i'm glad that he doesn't show up five years later me too i I don't know if i'd say five years too early i'm thinking like the way the a lot of his jokes and things landed he may have come about five years too late because there's just i don't know We'll, we'll get to it as the show goes along. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a few uh, Bartlett uh, jokes in here. Yeah, like two, maybe like six lines into my uh, notes for the first match, it says, Bartlett is a turd. <laughs> I, and I think I immediately text Matt and I was like, what's, what, what's the deal here? Yeah. So our first match of the first episode of Raw, the Birdman, Coco Beware. Versus Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji. Or as funny man Rob Bartlett kept saying, Yokozuma. Hmm. They also Love let us know that Coco was Gary Coleman. Vince McMahon finally agreed with him and said, yeah, he grew up. There he is. Vince McMahon just didn't know how to respond to these bad jokes, and yeah, he's he not knows. a funny man in the first place. <laughs> no, he's not. So Vince tells us that Yokozuna has yet to be knocked off of his feet as of this match. Yoko uses his power early on, just tossing Coco back off to a corner multiple times. 
Ware tries to come off the ropes with a shoulder block, but is just knocked down himself. Multiple Coco drop kicks, then comes off the ropes with a flying shoulder block, only for Yokozuna to sidestep him, and the Birdman goes throat first into the ropes. Yoko then hits a leg drop, throws him into a corner, and a butt splash, before finishing him off with a bonsai drop for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Got an ass like an amphitheater, according to <laughs> Rob Bartlett. Yeah, you could show a whole movie on the back of that ass. I did like that, of course, Yoko's Uno intro is always uh, great, but he uh, he grabbed salt, but he grabbed salt out of the power water bucket. <sighs> Sumo noobs over here. For real. <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of surprised uh, with the Yoko gimmick that they really did actually put some effort into uh, like at least looking at a sumo match or two to figure out what they needed to do to make it <laughs> yeah. make it work. But I thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like that they added the. Uh, I like that he no sells the, the ladies and the flowers and yes. all that. It's fun. Yeah, the the whole pageantry or whatever the hell you want to call it of oh pageantry the, for sure. The ladies and the flowers and the yeah. All that and the Fuji touch. Yes, Fuji in a a bathrobe. That's a. Mono, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm throwing my Rob Bartlett humor out here. So. <laughs> we then get a Royal Rumble promo, which will be in two weeks, their mm-hmm. time and ours. Ooh. And then we get some Ring Girls. I totally oh, forgot yeah. that I had Ring Girls too <laughs> to help get the crowd entertained. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna have a show with wash matches on it. You might as well throw a cutie out there. Oh yeah. Savage says he's thankful he has X-ray vision, so he wasn't Bartlett wasn't the only one getting it on the back. <laughs> no. no, but my Macho always has uh, those sunglasses on anyway. So I just kind of wonder, you know, back in these times when Vince is actually up front on camera, who is feeding them what to say? Do they have a script, or no. are they actually allowed to think on their own? I mean, I I think that Vince not knowing how to react to these jokes. <laughs> And Macho doing like a little bit better of a job is probably part of that. Like I imagine Bartlett probably has some like one-liners written up that he's just like trying to get out because it feels so forced. I mean, I, Pritchard's probably back there producing. Yeah, I don't know. Vincent throws it to a pre-taped video of Heenan hyping the arrival of the narcissist. Is it narcissist? They keep saying. I feel like I'm. There's no T. I feel yeah. like they keep calling him the narcissist. Yeah. That is what they yeah. it's they call him. It's yes. so bad. Like they kept calling him narcissist instead of the narcissist or just the narcissist is good. Yeah, that's a good. Th- but cutting out the the and the t at the yeah. end is just like it's emphasis. a bad name. Yeah, that's because that's what I have written down too. Is yeah. narcissist? It sounds like a bad yeah. comic villain. It and very well, maybe. <laughs> I, I just felt bad for Bobby through that whole promo because it's like a. A totally different version of Heenan. Yeah, we've seen him as the the pleading manager before, but this just seemed totally off of the norm for Bobby. Some of my favorite lines from the promo is, is he truly beyond perfect? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's from another world. Yeah. Comparing Mr. Perfect to the narcissist is like ice cream to horse manure. <laughs> I love how Bobby's so funny all the time, but most of the things he says are... If anybody else said it, it's absolutely stupid. 
<laughs> it's just like coming from somebody that doesn't that has seems like they have like no understanding of the world or how words work but somehow he like has this yeah the magic to pull it off and the last one here is michelangelo could not capture on canvas the stupendous qualities of the narcissist i just again as much as i love bobby that segment, I just don't feel fit him properly. That seemed like more of a a genius category. <laughs> don't care. Compare him to the genius. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't have a huge problem with it, but it wasn't also. It also wasn't. I wasn't excited about any of it. I'm just yeah. like, oh, Bobby's talking for a while. That's cool, but it didn't really pump me up for anything. No, definitely not. So let's head off to our second match: the Steiner brothers ooh, ooh. of Rick and Scott. Versus the Executioners. Woo! Of Executioner 1 and Executioner 2? Exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> One of those Executioners is Dwayne Gill. Ooh, AKA Gilbert himself? Gilbert. Ooh. Oh, okay. Who knew he had a career in WWF long before Goldberg came along? <laughs> Jobber to the stars? That's exactly what he is. Yep. Bartlett asks which one is wearing the hair headgear, and that's that's when I realized that he didn't know wrestling at all. Yeah, that, if you've watched one match in your entire life, you he says that, and he says they look the same, which is completely not true. Yeah. The Steiner brothers are brothers, but they don't look very similar sitting yeah. next to each other. They even have like different haircuts. Rick has is much shorter and has the giant like you know goatee goatee thing that distinguishes him and the headgear like they look good next to each other but they don't look similar it's not like Fatu and Samu who like have the same exact look and are of like similar sizes and the same hair where you could say that oh yeah but it's like why are you talking about that with the Steiners when the executioners over here in masks you idiot yeah you you throw out the the Beverly brothers and yeah I I still don't know which one is which Bev one and Bev two I know which one is Rick and which one is Scott after the first time I'd seen them so the match gets going. Scott hits a back elbow to take down one of the executioners, followed by a tilt a whirl slam. And then we see Doink the Clown out in the crowd. Oh, Boo. Boo this man. <laughs> Boo this clown. Rick reverses an Irish whip, and the executioner falls onto the ropes, followed by a Steiner line. Rick then hits a running power slam into a turnbuckle. And the executioners try to regroup out on the floor, only for Scott to give them a double noggin knocker. Rick continues the attack with a power slam in the ring. Scott with a bear hug into a belly to belly. Scott then throws executioner number one into his corner, so number two can come in, and he immediately is given a tiger driver. Hell yeah. Lifts him up onto his shoulders for Rick to come in with the top rope bulldog. For the pin. And, and the win. win. Steiner Brothers gotta, you know, get over get over huge real quick. Oh yeah. What's with the Steiner's music here Thank in you. WWF? It's like clown music. Thank you. It sounds like it should be Doink's music. I was It's I, really, really upsetting. Yeah, I had that a similar thing written down. I don't know if it was I can't remember if that was their actual music or if that's just something yeah, that's been dubbed it, over onto the network or what. But it's like but some it, Barnum and Bailey shit. Yeah. It's that's very, all I can think of is it was very, very goofy circus. But you know, whatever. Not not that important, but it was very, it's very shocking. Yeah. They're they're more than their music, but come on now, get some better music. I thought they used the Michigan 
fight song before they. I came I do this but, is, I don't this could I, not so be I, a fight I, song. So I think this was dubbed. Okay. So I think they yeah, used the okay. Michigan fight well, song when they came out. That makes sense because this is noticeably awkward. Yeah. It it doesn't fit two big strong men walking down to the ring whatsoever. I mean, if it was the Michigan fight song, it was played on like. You know, a kid's little synthesizer <laughs> or something because there was... It was too jovial to be a fight song. <laughs> we then go back out to the outside of the building. Poor Sean, Sean Mooney. And out there with the riffraff on the street. This is the, uh, the classic scene from Raw that gets replayed for the last 27 years. Yep. Uh, a woman is being detained, so Sean attempts to help her out, and she claims to be Rob Bartlett's aunt. But Mooney sees through the disguise taking the wig off her, and it's the brain! Bobby Heenan! Oh, Bobby. It's cute, it's fun. It is, it's but what I yeah. what I really love is, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it probably is because it's Bobby Heenan, but I swear he says Rob Bartlett's name wrong every time. He probably does, because yeah. he has no clue who I think he is. he called him Bob Bartlett once. I remember hearing a Ron Bartlett in there at some more, too. <laughs> Vince is then joined in the ring by Razor Ramon. And Ramon is the number one contender for the WWF Championship. And he says that, I was born ready, Chico. And when you say golden opportunity, that's got Razor Ramon written all over it. And then we see a highlight video of Razor attacking Owen Hart on an episode of WWF Mania. Hitting him with a garbage can. Boo. You leave Owen alone. Right? What the hell did he do to you? He was just sitting there having an interview with old Ray. He's the brother of Brett. I mean, yeah. Maybe he's going to target it and Jerk. get your uh, get your shot. We then see a Tatanka promo for Headlock for Hunger. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Forgot about this one. Tatanka. He's there. We're off to our third match. Max Moon versus Shawn Michaels. For the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Vince McMahon lets us know that Shawn Michaels has a bit of an ego. Just a bit. Just a, bit. a little bit. A touch. A scotch. So we haven't seen Max Moon before. But we have seen the man under the mask. Last at Royal Rumble 92. Episode 66. Almost a year ago. At least, as, you know, in the kayfabe of the show. As Cato. Part of the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. So, Cato, a.k.a. Paul Diamond, was actually not the first person to be given this gimmick. Uh, I know I know the answer to this trivia question. <laughs> Who was it supposed to be? On the spot. I know. I was like, why can't I think of his name? It's K-Dog, K- Conan. Conan. <laughs> yeah. But he was more successful in Mexico and just basically quit showing up to shows and said... Deuces, yeah. and so they ended up giving the gimmick. I mean, I don't think Conan wanted to wear this costume. Can you like? No. He's a big, big star down in Mexico. You know, Conan, as time goes on, isn't doesn't look as impressive. But like, young Conan is uh, impressively ripped. Yeah. You're covering him up in this like Saturday morning Tron costume. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's very much a. A Tron meets, I don't know, the uh, like pool, the uh, pool float. Of the Jetsons trying to draw a predator. <laughs> the, what are the the uh, foam like pool noodles? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. A, it's like it's made out of pool noodles. So 
As the match gets going, Bartlett makes an Amy Fisher joke. Yeah. Very topical mm-hmm. for 93. <laughs> yeah. While Sean flips out of an atomic drop attempt, only for Moon to reverse it to try for an O'Connor roll. But Michaels holds on to the ropes. Max with multiple arm drags and a body slam, so Sean takes a powder to regroup in the corner. Moon with a hammer lock as the show goes to commercial. And we are back, and Michaels charges into the corner, but Max moves, sending Sean face first into a turnbuckle. Michaels recovers to slam Moon's head into a turnbuckle, Irish whipping to the opposite corner, only for Max to leap up and over, but Sean catches him and rubber band slams him. A drop kick by HBK, while Vince starts talking about Jack Tunney trying to pardon Mike Tyson. And we once again see Doink back at ringside. Oh man. Is this around the time that Shawn Michaels looks to the camera and says, this face has broken so many homes? It's like, <laughs> holy shit, man. <laughs> this is... <clears throat> that's, uh, you leave those for Bartlett. That's his, that's his lane. Oh, Bartlett has his own. <laughs> he starts doing a in. really bad Mike Tyson impression. Oh, my God. It's Horrible. bad. Because it sounds actually more like Roddy Piper. Yeah. I'm sure it would have been more. I'm sure that it was probably hilarious on when you're, on your drive time commute uh, when he was being probably a little bit more racy in 93. But on this wrestling show, I couldn't like it less. Yeah. It was uh, just the tone of his voice. It was like somebody today trying to do an impersonation of Michael Scott doing his impersonation of Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's like how everybody can do Mickey Mouse, but nobody can do Mickey Mouse. Everybody can do Mike Tyson, but like nobody can really do Mike Tyson. Michaels with a headbutt goes for a body slam, but Max cradles him up for a near fall. Michaels with a back elbow goes for a drop kick, but Moon catches him and then catapults him over the top rope and to the floor. Max then comes off the apron with a fez press and rolls Sean back into the ring. Hits an uppercut, a spinning heel kick, and a rolling fireman's carry slam for a two count. I know, I was like so surprised Max Moon was getting some shit in. Yeah, Max uh, and Max Moon looks good here. These guys have, like, seems like they got some chemistry. It's a shame that this guy, uh, you know, has to wear pool noodles. Normally I would insert the, uh, the saying... Thanks, Bill, but I'll say thanks, Vince, instead. Moon hits a body slam, goes for a senton, but Michaels moves out of the way and hits a super kick. Goes for a suplex, but Max floats out. <gasps> Swings wildly, only for Sean to duck and hit the teardrop suplex for the pin and, and the, the win. win. They're not calling it a super kick yet, are they? No, I feel like they're just point, calling like, like a crescent I, kick. Or some, yeah, like crescent that. kick. I think. I think Vince calls it a super kick on this show. Does he? Yeah, I believe you, but uh, I've just I haven't really caught it clearly because I'm always waiting for it. Because like you see that and you're like, oh, it's a super kick. For the kick. longest time, they just called it a crescent kick, a thrust kick. Yeah. Um, Savat. Savat kick. Yeah, yeah, it was the, was the other one. But I was happy to see the uh, the teardrop suplex. So it's been a long time since I've seen the. The Shawn Michaels classic finisher. And I gotta love that baby blue IC belt. <laughs> I love when they put a dumb a dumb colored leather uh, behind a belt. Hey, fun fact. Shawn Michaels' original music was Rhapsody in Blue. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I guess the blue IC title just made that all of a sudden pop into my head. So. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. 
We then get an ad for WWF Mania, which was a fun 90s commercial. And oh, yeah, this commercial uh, is pretty great. And every time they say Mania, it throws me off because like it's not time for Mania yet. Because, I don't know, I, I, I only have one Mania. Yeah, well, this at this point in time, there was one <laughs> and a half. But what it is time for is the Royal Rumble Report with Ooh. Mean Gene Okerlund. Presented by Igobo. By Igobo. You think we could get like. Because Igobo's. What was the actual product? Was it like a five hour energy drink type of deal? But like proto that? I thought it was just protein powder. Is it just protein powder? It's probably protein powder with like Fen Fen or something in it. And you think we can get some off eBay? Maybe we can have an Icopro episode where we just chug Icopro and talk? Um, Let's not say we did. Uh (laughs) Come on. Maybe it's great. I mean, I can try and make up stuff that would taste like what I imagine an Ico Pro protein shake tastes like, but... You remember, um, like, early, well, I guess around this time, like, early 90s, uh, like, health food stuff? Like, power bars? You remember how disgusting power bars were? Mm-hmm. Fucking absolutely awful. My God. Or you had your I got so many free power bars from, like, just events you went to as a kid. People <laughs> were just handing them out, and, man, they were awful. These little fitness centers that, you know, would sell you these healthy cookies that were these ginormous things that you're supposed to drink with this big glass of water and substitute as a meal. Yeah. And it's like you're eating a fucking cookie <laughs> for lunch. Yeah, it's like, come Issued on, man. to you by your gym that's yeah. just trying to get you to come back and work that machine again. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no one's ever going to, like, you don't have to, there's no fancy way to sell a salad. Yeah. It's still a salad. But, you know, anybody is, everyone's dumb enough to eat a cookie and think that they're doing some something good for themselves because who doesn't like cookies yeah. eat your cookie and you know wash it down with a slim fast mm-hmm. Gene runs through the matches that are going to be on the card for the Royal Rumble and then Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty cut promos on each other and the question is whose corner will Sherry be in who indeed I don't know we then see perfect Yokozuna and Hacksaw Jim Duggan all cut promos on winning the Rumble. And we're told the winner of the Royal Rumble will meet the WWF champion at the WrestleMania, which is the first time that stipulation had been in place. Yeah, before that, it was just like, oh, cool, man. You're the winner. Yeah. Like the first year, didn't they get like a bag of money or something like that? <laughs> I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe like a... Prize, or maybe they got a trophy. A check. <laughs> just a floppy, a floppy check. Get the big check. I love a big check. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of the big check. You know what I love? I love Sean this... Mooney on the outside? Well, I love Sean Mooney on the outside. <laughs> I mean, he's still out there, but I love the just the old-timey classic feel of the Royal Rumble report with Mean Gene. Oh, just because yeah. uh, that's how I remember pay-per-views being promoted back then. You know, your, even your, your beginning of the pay-per-views, you know, Survivor Series, whatnot, just that... That, that feel, shot that of format. all of them and them doing their promo, yeah. like as a team, we're gonna win. Earthquake coming on yeah. the camera, already swaying back and forth, and yeah, it was beautiful, great, lovely memory. We then go back outside. Sean Mooney's still there, and there's a line of people to get tickets for next week's show. Hottest ticket in town. And all of a sudden, a man with a long black beard bumps into Sean. Oh my gosh. He says he's Rob Bartlett's uncle. I didn't know that uh, Hasidic Jewish men were big wrestling fans. 
Takes all kinds of folks. Exactly. And he needs to get inside. But the beard falls down while he's talking. Damn it. And guess who it is? It's Rob, Bobby Heaton uh, again. I thought it was uh, Rob Bartlett's uncle. I don't know. Nope. Old Bobby. Old Bobby trying to play another trick. <laughs> that Sean Mooney's a wise one, I tell you. Vince then throws it to a highlight package. And we see from this past weekend's WWF Superstars program, Kamala had just won a match. But Kim Chi and Harvey Whippleman are berating him and shoving him. When all of a sudden, Reverend Slick would come running down to the ring. And Slick looks great with a, with a nice cut. This is like the best he's ever looked. Yes. It looks, he looks official for the first time. Yeah. We haven't seen Reverend Slick since SummerSlam 1991. Damn. All the way back in episode 59. It felt like it had been a while. Been a while. It took him that long to get a haircut. It's hey. a, a, a slow process. When you're you're trying to shed your image of a you know a bad '80s movie pimp, you're and now it looks like a good '80s reverend. movie pimp. Slick will get in between Kabbalah and the two berating men and tell Kim Chi and Harvey that it's over, only for Kim Chi to punch out Slick. Kabbalah then would start slapping his belly and goes after Kim Chi and Whippleman, chasing them back to the locker room. Good on Kamala you, Cammy. Face turn. And we're off to our fourth match. Damian Demento versus The Undertaker with Paul Bear. Demento hails from the outer reaches of your mind. I know, that's I'm glad you so good. <laughs> Damian throws some punches, goes for a back body drop, but Taker face plants him and slams him into a turbuckle before hitting old school. The dead man stays on the attack with chokes, Irish whips, but ends up charging into a big boot which Demento follows up with a double axe handle and a leaping shoulder tackle, only for Undertaker to sit right up. <gasps> Taker ducks a clothesline and comes off the ropes with a flying clothesline, lifting him up for the tombstone pile driver for the pin and, and the win. win. Vince then announces that Woody Allen and Mia Farrow would be in a steel cage match Jesus. next week. They're trying real hard with this like shock jock crap, yeah. uh, and there's like they even they even made graphics for this. I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted. I mean, there was a so lot going I, on at the time. I was like, I know this didn't happen because I feel yeah. like it would be something that I would remember. Yeah, there's no way it happened. But I looked it up just to make sure. Oh my god, I can't believe you even looked it up. They're, no, they're nowhere near. Wrong number have, two. Do we have Rob Bartlett doing a phone-in conversation pretending to be one or the other? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I don't know. I don't think we're covering Rob Bartlett. Raw number two. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. The main event, I'm okay. I'll have to check the schedule. Come back from commercial at that point, and Doink the Clown is with Vince McMahon at ringside. Vince brings up that Crush has warned Doink about making children cry. And he said, and Doink says, if they don't have a sense of humor, that's their problem. And then all of a sudden, Crush makes his way out of the locker room. And Crush warns him to stop his stupid jokes, or he might be wearing a full body cast. Brudda. Yeah, brudda. <laughs> but Doink pulls out a squirt gun and just sprays water in Crush's face. So the Hawaiian begins to chase him around ringside. It then cuts back outside to Sean Mooney. As Heenan 
is talking to a security guard behind them. And Sean's like, yeah, you can go into the building now. Yeah. As credits come onto the screen. Dick move, Sean. I know, the vignettes. So, uh, like, I feel like I've seen this a million times, like the, the gimmick that they do with Sean Moody and Bobby Heenan, but it is one of the highlights of the show. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of highlights of the show, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Raw, number one? Mmm... We watched it. <laughs> it was cool to watch the first one. And there you have it. Yeah, Max Moonshawn Michaels <laughs> was really, really fun and uh, much better than I expected it to be. I expected it to be like squash or close to squash, but it was a good competitive match. You never thought Max Moon was going to win, but he looked good and like looked like somebody you could potentially try to build if he wasn't a pool noodle. Much, much along those same lines. There, I mean, I was, I was watching it live back in the, back in the day, on January eleventh, nineteen ninety three. I mean, it was, it was great. Back then, it was a great change from the primetime wrestling that was uh, on Mondays before Raw came along. You know, this was the typically on Mondays you had just squash matches where it was you know a main guy fighting a jobber so this was had more of a saturday night's main event feel on a monday just without the intensity of saturday night's main event because usually when there was a saturday night's main event it was leading up to a a pay-per-view or something like that so they were pushing the the final storylines and whatnot and this one much like with other great shows you know it, it starts off slow with some you know character building up and and whatnot getting people familiar with the new format um and then it Starts to roll on, you know, a few episodes down the line, but this one, it was good for what it was. But you got to start somewhere. Could have yeah. started worse. Damien Demento has a really good look, for considering like, you know, we're getting into cartoon territory here. Like, he looks good and mean. I don't know if he was, if he's just like. Yeah, I had to look him up to see if he went on to be anyone else or. Yeah, it, it didn't appear so. It's like you spent. It seems like you spent some money on this costume and whatnot. We die hard with a vengeance. Oh. So, in terms of importance to the history of wrestling, yeah, this show is a must-watch. Yeah, forty-five minutes of you'll be entertained. I was not exactly. bored. In terms of what we saw on the show, not so much as there's, historically, there's only one match and the rest are squashes. Yeah. What you mean the. Best color man of all time, Ron Bartlett's first appearance is not historical. I mean, it is in the context <laughs> that it's on this show. I don't remember. I don't even know if its name's Ron or Bob or what. I mean, I was only twelve <laughs> years confused. old. It is Rob. Okay, I was like eleven, twelve years old at this time, so I probably didn't watch this. But I mean, even for you, Shane, you say you you said you watched this to have watched it and then think back now that like there's been. An episode every, every week, week for twenty seven years. For twenty seven years, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there like it's Raw like, one thousand kind of like a year mind. or so ago? Yeah, they're rolling up on fifteen hundred here in the next year or so. Yeah, damn, pretty wild. So, how long is old Rob Ron Bob Bartlett around? Not very long. I want to say make it, he doesn't make it to WrestleMania. Yeah, like, oh, I okay. Say like Todd Pettengill or somebody else jumps in. I'm trying to remember names from the past. Todd Pettengill may still be a couple years away. And then Real I know somebody else is, comes along, but when does my favorite person let, ever show up? Let's just say 
this is the only time we, we will <laughs> well, we deal will cover with Rob Bartlett. All right. Yeah. Well, then I'm sorry for wasting this precious uh, time of yours, listener, hey, bitching okay. about this man. If you watch episode one of Raw, you will totally understand You'll get all the Bartlett you need. we're bitching about Rob Bartlett. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So, best moments of this episode of Raw. Bobby Heenan on the outside with Sean Mooney, Max Moon, Michaels. The classic intro video. Yeah, the yeah. classic intro video. Classic the, intro. The, honestly, the Mia Farrow, uh, Woody Allen graphic at the end, if I could... It made you laugh, dude. Uh, I would put that on a t-shirt and wear it, and people would not like that. But <laughs> I would love to rock that on um, on a t-shirt. Now um, I have to look to It see is this. very funny. It's possible that there's one out there for all we know. Oh, I uh, believe me, I will. Yes, if I could, if I can get the, uh, if I could get the image and have it cleaned up, I would be willing to make them because I feel like, if I if I if I had any kind of um, following, I guess that's what Reddit's for. You can just post it on Reddit, some and, and put it and sell probably like, probably get rid of at least a hundred of those things. Um, you might have a project coming up. Yeah, best moments, the the opening intro, hearing the the old school music, and then the I don't know that that Royal Rumble uh, report report. Yeah, yeah, just, I love the it green took screen. It me back to another time and another place that I haven't been to in a long time. So it was it was great. Yeah, the Absolutely. Mean Gene green on the in front of the green screen for that looked like um, like one of the like news segments from like RoboCop is what it made me think of, which is always something I want to think about. So disappointing, most disappointing. I mean, it's obviously Rob Bartlett. Yeah, but I can't be too disappointed. It's the first Raw. I think that it was. Yeah. They were trying something. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at this at all. I don't know my my disappointment, and I love him to death. Yeah, great guy from when I was a kid. But the first superstar that you have walk out to the ring for your opening match on the first episode of Raw. And granted, I'm sure they didn't realize it was going to become the longest running episodic show in television history but coco beware is the first superstar that you see just throwing shade at coco like i said it's his claim to fame i love coco no no frankie i mean you know him and he's doing high energy right now like that's fun but then in comparison and yeah maybe it gave the the next new monday night show to come along something to build from and and wow people with but you got to remember what the first step or first match on nitro was yeah, but you know, Michael's mentioned it a few times. <laughs> we can't just talk about. I mean, putting like you know, having Yoko at the beginning, awesome. But give me somebody. Yeah, if he's gonna squash somebody, that's great. But give me somebody a little more, a little more oomph than Coco. I don't know. I'm pro Coco. I'm a Frankie fanatic. Best performer of the night, Max Moon. Actually, I kind of agree with you. Max Moon impressed the shit out of me. Him and Sean, yeah, him and Sean can, uh, you know, we can snap that gold medal in half. They can each take half of it. (laughs) Or Um, they, yeah. I got, I got to throw it to. Even though I, I dogged his Narcissus promo, uh, I got to throw Bobby a a little love. Bobby's a good choice as well. Bobby is always at the top of, of like outside of people that don't wrestle. Like he's always. Anything he's in, involved in, he's, he's, you know, you can put him on the short list. I mean, hell. 
even Vince McMahon for not firing old Bartlett on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I really actually care. Um, I actually kind of like That's Vince. That's the most surprising thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like Vince as a commentator. I don't. He's not my favorite or anything, but I think that he's. I think he's good. He has the passion in his voice that he wants everybody else to have. You know, that's, yeah. that's what always pulled me in when I he's was younger. Trying to, he's putting, trying to put everything over and not and doing it pretty well. It would help, be helpful if he you know, knew a little bit more about wrestling moves. But at the same time, look at Gorilla and Bobby when they don't call moves. They call moves the wrong thing all the time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes... They don't know the names of the tag team guys. So it's like, well, I can't hold, you know, just because those guys I find more entertaining on the mic, I can't, you know, can't dog on Vince uh, for being less entertaining or entertaining in a different way. Anything surprising on this show? The crass jokes. I didn't expect that to be a thing. So like for (laughs) 93, I I was like... That's probably the surprising thing as well. Yeah, I mean, not to beat a fucking dead horse, but... It was surprising. Was that honestly, the Woody Allen Mia Farrow joke at the end was extremely surprising. When that graphic hit, I crapped a little. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> we'd already done like these jokes, but they actually like produce. They took time to produce this image. Not that it was probably very difficult, but still, what the hell? Also, I expected ah. Max Moon to just not that match not to go on as long, and I'm glad that it did go on as long. Is it? Absolutely. I can't think of anything that's overly surprising for me on it. I mean, I mean, I could so I can play off of the Max Moon thing and the fact that he gave more than I was expecting him to, or more than I remember him doing in the ring. Because I don't know, it's it's just it's too hard for me to get around that whole get up that they have him stuffed into. <laughs> you want me to pay attention to what he's doing in the ring, but then you have all these distractions that he's wearing that makes me, you know, stop looking at what I should be looking at and focus on his. Can't keep your eyes off him. He's bright blue, yeah, his, man. His noodles and his predator hair. Yeah. Can you imagine if Jesse was on commentary? <laughs> well, you know something, Bobby. <laughs> you need to do. Right? <laughs> yeah. 1987, what I did was I grabbed him by the hair like this. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Woo. Uh, one excited. zero, me. Yep. We got five points last week. Maximum Mike Moon with five. Oh, I have five points. Right, well, I if you only want one, that's fine. I'll no, take I'll take. I'm, I'm going to need him. I don't think that I'm going to keep his lead for like. Each question has a has a numerical value. Yeah, yeah. Great. So I'm going to win a ham sandwich. So we got a real week, ham and egger over here. <laughs> this week the category is what's in a name. It's just a name, a name, a name, a name. What's in a name? Basically, I'm going to give you the real name of a wrestler, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me which wrestler that is. Okay. So, both of you can score five points if you can name it without me giving you multiple choices. But if you need the multiple choices, you can only win three points. Okay. So here's one question I have before we start the question. Yes. Are these wrestlers that we have already covered so far on the podcast? Just wrestlers from 83 to okay. 92. Making sure. Everything trivia-wise is 83 to 92. Perfect. Okay, so how are we answering? Is it like whoever says it first? Or do I need to raise my hand? 
Yeah, just raise your hand or say your name or. Okay. Or just blurt the answer out. Give it a cat. If you want to take a guess, tap my plate. If, if neither one of you <laughs> guess, then I'm going to be like, I guess you guys want multiple choice. Yeah. And then yeah. I have multiple choices ready for you. So, which wrestler's real name is Charles Bernard Scruggs? I mean, you only have to think through 348 I know. wrestlers. Well, I'm, I'm stuck because I'm just sorting through the 54 that I had said last time. <laughs> <laughs> All 54 that you said went through your head before you just came up with the answer. Um, I got 78. Charles My pool's Scruggs. a little bigger. <laughs> I know I've heard this name, or I think I have. Charles Bernard Scruggs? Charles Bernard Skaggs. Skaggs. Sorry. Sorry. Wait a second. Charles Bernard Skaggs. The... Anyone want to make a a guess, or would we like to go to multiple choice? Like my, if I make a guess, is that my only guess? Or yes. Okay. Oh man, that's I where would... I'm stuck because I'm like, is that the name of it's close? The last name is close to somebody, but I don't know what to. I don't know if I want to say it because yeah. when the multiple choice comes up, then we can. What do we, like? You can go... still both give an answer. Yeah, but then I won't get any points. You get three points if you get it right. Oh, even if I get, even if I throw out an answer now and it's wrong. If you get it wrong, then you I don't get no nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't want to say it. <laughs> I guess we'll go multiple choice. Yeah, let's go multiple. Multiple choice. <sighs> and they are in alphabetical order. Okay. Great. Two cold Scorpio, Tony Atlas, the Barbarian, or Van Hammer. I'm gonna go C. He's going the Barbarian. I'm gonna go then with. I have no clue. I know it's not C. I'm glad I didn't say what I was going to say. What was the middle name again? Charles Bernard Skaggs. Bernard Skaggs. I mean, why would he change his name? What a great what a great wrestling name. <laughs> Chucky B. Skaggs. All right. I'm going to say it's not C. It's not D. You're going Tony Atlas with B? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on, on one or two, A or B, but... I, don't, I have no reason why I picked the one I picked. I, just, yeah. I was just like, eh, why not? I'm going to go A. Shane's going to Cold Scorpio, and Shane scores oh. three points this week. Woo! <laughs> Good yeah, on I know it wasn't. I knew it wasn't Barbarian because his is like Simeon or something like that. Something that starts with an S. Simeon. I thought Simeon. It's it's like uh, it's Samoan. Samoan. Next week, Battle of the Belts, our first Eastern Championship Wrestling show. I'd never watched any Eastern Championship wrestling shows, so um, this will be a treat. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I'm not here to bury the lead, but it's a whole thing. <laughs> Music from this week's show is Monday Night Raw, and the theme music you're hearing right now is the Funeral March by Jim Johnston. That's Undertaker's theme. He was in the main event, so. There you go. We'll play that bell toll once. Max Moon theme song. I don't even I don't believe there was one. <laughs> I'm just glad it's not the Steiner's theme song. <laughs> go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. Uh, you can always email us any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. Recipes. We're going to Philly for Battle of the Belts. Yes. We're going back to Philly. And uh, last time I made, or I didn't make, but we had Philly cheesesteaks, so... We'll need something other than cheesesteaks. Exactly. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters! <laughs>